0: We're back with a new episode of Backlash Podcast, fresh off of our hiatus, which I have to say was uh, it was terrible. I never would want to do that again, take a few weeks off from podcasting around the holidays. That was miserable, most miserable thing I've ever done in my life, so remind me of that next year. Actually, I, I'm completely lying. I liked it. It was fun. I got to... Uh, enjoy the holidays and not have to worry about, you know, with the holidays being on Mondays, I didn't have to worry about going like, oh, shoot, we probably should record something either before or after the holiday to make sure we get it out for that Wednesday. But you know what, Brad, I'm happy that we did it and I'm happy that we're back. It's going to be uh, an exciting new year of uh, podcasting here on Backlash Podcast. We're going to kick it off this week talking to Brad Rue. We're going to talk about, you know, some new products, we'll talk a little bit about Musky Innovations and we'll you know, kinda of kick it off on uh you know, getting ready for show season. Like we're literally two weeks away. I think we'll mention it. We're uh, ten days I think Brad and I, you you and me, Brad, will be traveling in about ten days to the Chicago Muskie Expo. That's in Saint Charles, Illinois. And that is the nineteenth, twentieth, and twenty first. So make sure you everybody mark that on their calendars and come out and see us in Saint Charles. But you know, Brad, how'd you like the holidays? How were things going?
1: Yeah, things went good. We did what we normally do, I guess, and spent some time with some family, but uh, as you know, with show season right around the corner, we're still working seven days a week, (laughs) so that's the way it goes, and uh, on top of it, I've been doing a pile of editing, trying to get that stuff completed for uh, Mayhem's 10,000 Casts, and if uh, anybody hasn't uh, already checked it out, we're two weeks into that as as of uh, when this comes out, this podcast comes out. So the first two episodes are available on KOTV as well as YouTube. So go check out those two, and there will be, uh, what is it, it's 13 episodes total, so there's 11 more coming behind it. So this whole first quarter, you can check it out.
0: Yeah, I've been able to catch up on a, a few episodes of Mayhem's 10,000 Cast, been able to catch up on a couple of ex- episodes of Keys Outdoors, some pretty cool adventures to check out. And like you said, you could find it on KOTV. And you can also find it on YouTube, right? Mayhem's 10,000 cast says on YouTube. You guys put it out every, what, Saturday afternoon?
1: Yeah, we do it. Uh, Eight o'clock is live on Saturday mornings on KOTV. And it it's broadcasted like four times throughout that day, that first Saturday. So I don't know the other times, but I know the first live episode is at 8 a.m. And then sometimes Sunday night or Monday morning. It is available for streaming on KOTV as well. But then uh, as well as 9 a.m. on Saturdays, we release it to YouTube. So if you miss it live, you can go to YouTube right away or you can go back to KOTV on Monday and it should be available.
0: I know that I've had a few people, you know, say like, hey, I can't find it under the, uh, you know, the 2024 tab or whatever. Well, it doesn't come out initially on the 2024 tab. If you want to watch it at 8 a.m. on Saturday morning, you need to click the live stream, the KO live streaming on there. And then you'll see the newest episode. And like Brad said, it just runs everything in succession all day long. So I don't know, you'll see. You know, Brad's Mayhem's ten thousand casts and then there's something in between, I can't remember what it is, and then KO TV comes in, I think like maybe there's one more and then KO TV comes in. I think it's what eight and nine thirty, is that right on those two?
1: It's at eight o'clock live. I, I I'm not exactly sure what time I think we come right after Sportsman's Journal, so I think they're at seven thirty. We're at eight AM on Saturday. And then there's a bunch of other shows that are in between there. And then it, it pops back up, I think four times on that Saturday
0: though. Yeah. But if you want to watch it that Saturday before they put it out on the, you know, call it on demand or whatever, you just need to click the live streaming tab on the key, the KOTV uh, app on, available on any Roku. So it's cool. I've been, I've been checking it out. You guys have been putting some fish in the boat. So that's great. It's, uh, it's been a good, you know, a good start for the viewing pleasure for uh, 2024.
1: Yeah, it's exciting. You know, I love doing this. It is time demanding, but I'll tell you what, it's so cool to hear comments and see comments on YouTube, uh, emails, texts, the whole deal. You know, if people are enjoying it, it makes it well worth it. That's for sure.
0: I'd like to, you know, mention for anybody that's looking to, uh, you know, have us interview new guests this year on on the on the podcast. Make sure you guys uh, send us an email, backlashpodcast at gmail dot com, or you can also find us on. Facebook and Instagram. Use the Instagram instant messenger, the private messenger, whatever on either of those two platforms and shoot us a message. Uh, let us know who you think that we should be getting in touch with. Cause we're always looking to keep things new and fresh. You know, Brad and I, we spent a little bit of time going through some guests and we're definitely going to come up with some new options on our own, but we certainly are always looking for input on, uh, you know, that, or if you got some topics and, you know, see what we can do to, uh, try to keep things new and fresh on the podcast. But speaking of new and fresh, Brad, this isn't new, but it'll be new for Chicago. We're going to definitely do a uh, uh, live podcast at the Chicago Muskie Expo on Friday night. What I need to do is, what time do we end on Friday night? Do you know, Brad?
1: I want to say six, but it might be seven. I can't remember for
0: sure. All right. You'd think I would have checked this out before we started. Let me me dial it up on my computer here once. I think you go to muskieexpo.com. that should hopefully get me some dates and some times. Let's see here. Buy tickets now. Buying your tickets in advance. Chicago. Hours and admission. There, that's what we're looking for. Holy cow, Brad. We got to go until 8 o'clock on Friday night.
1: Oh, it is 8 o'clock. Okay.
0: Yeah, I thought we were usually out of there at like 7 at the latest. That's what I thought too. All right. So Friday, it'll be January 19th. We run 2 to 8. For the chicago muskie expo so let's see here probably like seven o'clock what do you think brad like somewhere in there maybe like six 7 o'clock i'd imagine it'll be slow enough for us to uh, break out and do a live podcast out of the muskie mayhem tackle booth
1: absolutely absolutely but more importantly um we need some of those people that listen every week to come down and ask some
0: questions yeah that'd be absolutely the best we started this idea last year. It gained momentum as we go, as we went into the season, you know, into show season. So hopefully we could start it off in uh, in Chicago on that Friday night. Let's, let's shoot for like five people to come out and, uh, you know, join in our live podcast.
1: Well, I'll tell you, it makes it a lot more entertaining. And I think, you know, getting that interaction with the listeners and this is your chance. You can come ask a question live. And I'm guessing we're going to have a bunch of guides surrounding us there that can answer some of those questions so it's definitely uh it's a fun deal and it allows everybody to kind of be interactive in the whole deal
0: yeah absolutely i'm I'm assuming we'll just run around at about six thirty or, or during the day or uh, say hey anybody want to join in on this podcast and we usually end up getting i don't know four or five guides from you know various parts of uh, the musky world and we just kind of talk random stuff you know so it'll be a fun time that'll be uh friday january 19th at uh, i don't know we'll call it six forty 7 o'clock out of the musky mayhem tackle booth for a live podcast and it, it worked well because then we didn't we we get home late on sunday in some cases if the weather's bad we don't get home till monday and then brad and i don't have to race to try to put something together instead of like doing a show recap you know episode we can just put out this this podcast and it's usually got a lot better information in it than anything we'd produce if we were doing something after the show in that couple of days. So it's worked well last year. and I think it'll work good again this year. Well, one last thing we got to add in before we get into our conversation with Brad Rue is if you're looking for gear for your next musky fishing adventure, if you're planning your trips for next musky season, check out teamrhinooutdoors.com and many of the new products that you're, you know, going to hear about this year on, on the podcast and, coming up you'll be able to find on our website either already or coming soon there's a you know we have a bunch of products built on there and if they're not there available for you to pick just go down and use the email us when available function on there and you can sign up for an email and once we add stock it'll automatically kick that out to you and it's not just for new products any product that we'd be out of stock on if you're looking for a color of whatever maybe it's a cowgirl for example you know click that color drag it down you know enter your in your email address and it'll fire off a a, a email to you once it's available and the other thing is you don't want to miss out MuskyMayhemTackle.com. so go visit muskymayhamtackle.com and support Brad and Carrie over there for all they do with the uh, podcast and helping us out every single week. And that's it. That's all of our uh, infomercials for this week, trying to get caught up on three or four weeks, whatever we took off of uh, information. Let's dial up our conversation we had with Brad Rue, Musky Innovations. All right, my guest this week is Brad Rue with Musky Innovations. and you know, we have Brad Hoppy on, and we have Brad Rue on, and between the two Brads, I think we can, most of us could say that you two, I would say, revolutionize, your two companies in general revolutionized the way musky gear is purchased, and by gear, I mean, you know, Brad, I would think that you, Brad Rue, I think you were probably, you know, instrumental in the changes in rod lengths and you know heaviness and all that stuff and then we obviously if we talked about the way the cowgirl has changed reels so i think you two you know i guess uh deserve a lot of credit or disdain however you want to say it for changing the way musky gear was purchased so congratulations on that
2: yeah thanks i really really never even thought of it that way i just i just know you know even before we were doing rods companies started building rods to handle the the heavier products and the bigger products and, and being able to cast those big products. Like there's always been big stuff out there to troll, but it, I think we've pushed the boundary on the old, uh, uh, ounces on casting. So I think it kind of forced companies into, uh, responding to that. So that, I never even thought of it that way, but that's pretty interesting.
0: Yeah. And then, you know, Brad Hoppy, we've talked to you about it before. I mean, with the way the cowgirl pulled, I mean, there's. Guys were using Trinidads and all sorts of different stuff to try to combat, you know, using a cowgirl as a casting bait all day long. So, I mean, you guys, in my opinion, you, you two were instrumental in the changes that were made. And I can't think of any other companies that would have revolutionized musky gear more like your two. I think the bottom line is uh, the name Brad. That's what it kind of dialed all that. That <laughs> must be it, yes. I never yeah. really thought about that. I mean, I thought it was your baits, but I guess. <laughs> Two Brad's come up with some pretty good ideas. There you go. Well, Brad, let's let's talk about your good idea, Brad Rue. You know, back <laughs> in the day, it wasn't commonplace for people to be throwing soft rubber baits for musky. you know, at all, I would say. in uh, Very, very little. I would imagine, very little. Yep, I would imagine very little. you were probably... Looked at with very, you know, odd looks at shows and now, you know, l- look at, where, look at where it's gone. I mean, you can't find a bait right now without some sort of rubber on it. Probably there's so many of them that have rubber tails and all sorts of different stuff to try to just add that extra action to it. You know, let's start from the beginning. What did Musky innovations look like? Uh, how long have you been doing it? Is this 25 or 30 years?
2: This will be my 31st season. Um, 2024. So we started in '93. Far as I can recollect, um, there was a couple soft plastic baits out there. Very limited use. Obviously, one was the well. I shouldn't say obviously. I'm dating myself, but the big Joe was in the late '80s. Um, had the Curtis Creature, which that was oh, just a, a spinner on the end of a, a lizard, basically. Um, and a couple other guys dabbled and never really went anywhere with, with it. But, um, so yeah, we started in 93. Um, my, and believe it or not, my original idea was to make a jerkbait that would flex and have like a real look in the water and jerkbait, like kind of like a walk the dog or an erratic, uh, you know, that type of thing. But we worked on it, worked on it, worked on it and really never got it to, do exactly what it, what I wanted it to, and it morphed over time, probably a year, um, into the bulldog. We you know added fins, we added weight, we you know different kind of weight in the front, different kind of weight in the middle, different harness. Finally, we put a tail on it, and when we got it close to what you see today, I took it out to a local lake here, two other fishermen in the boat with me, and I think I caught three fish and saw like nine. And they had nothing in the boat. So I kind of went back and went, Well, I think I've got something that uh, you know, has potential. And, and uh, so that's, that's kind of how the, the Bulldog, you know, came about. Um, and the reason for self plastics, I mean, I, I grew up being a fisherman, not necessarily a musky fisherman, just everything including muskies but muskies was like you know once or twice a year when we'd go to northern wisconsin i'm talking as a kid there was no muskies around where i lived but i fished everything and and soft classics you know became a big part of fishing especially for you know bass and things like that i just figured why wouldn't they eat it and it looks so real in the water and it fools a lot of fish so you know that's kind of Kind of the reason we started it and like i said then it just kind of morphed uh into the bulldog from there
0: did you ever think that it would get to the point that it's at right now because i know you know way back in the day when i started team rhino outdoors i thought to myself like hey it'd be pretty cool if maybe this was something that i could do as a full-time job and while i still don't necessarily call it my only job i really should my wife yells at me all the time i take more electrical work but you know, I, I didn't necessarily think it would get to this level. Did you ever think that you would be at the level that you're at? No,
2: I truly thought that it would just be a side business for as long as I wanted it to be. You know, the old uh, I'll make some money so I can go fishing more. Now I fish way less.
0: Yeah, I think we. <laughs> but, I think we all but
2: do. no, I never I never thought it would get to this point. But as I look back on it, it sure has been a heck of a journey.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Brad, you know, uh, Brad Hoppy. what about you? Did we, you know, have we ever talked about that? When you guys first started out, was this always the thing? Like, was, was this the goal or was it like the rest of us? You're thinking you were going to make some extra money so you could buy some new electronics or a new boat once in a while.
1: Well,
3: you know, to answer that question, Jeff, ultimately, you know, Carrie and I both had different opinions on what we were going to do with our business. I wanted to be number one, number two, number three, somewhere in that top five of the industry or the arena that we're we're working in today. But in Carrie's mind, what she was kind of looking for was kind of like what Brad Ruth said, you know, a side business where we could buy some new rods, some new reels, get the tackle we wanted, burn a bunch of fuel in our boats. And and that's where her mindset was. But we both had uh, our own little goals. And I guess, I don't know, we... (laughs) It became the business that it became, and I think you know you have to have a vision of some sort. And and I know Brad has that, and Brad is continually working on innovations. Practically, the name fits, right, Brad. I mean, innovation—that's <laughs> what you're doing. You're innovating every year. You're working on something new. No different than us. And and yep, I think it's important. Sure. And and yep. that's, that's the goal. And uh, not only that, but having a staple bait like the bulldog in the whole arena as well. That's definitely a key. I mean, we have the double cowgirl, double showgirl, those baits are staple baits and they're going to be around forever. But in the meantime, we're going to continue to develop develop other baits and hopefully they become staples as well.
2: Yeah, for sure. And I I think too, you know, once I found my niche and that's obvious and, and, and we, I think, you know, I strayed here and there, but, Once I found my focus and my niche being soft plastics, you know, then it became, I mean, obviously it's a lot of work, but it also became really fun. And it became really fun to develop new products, to develop new baits, get ideas from pro staff, things like that. And the other thing I I always do is I I try to look for um, a void in the marketplace, or at least one that I perceive as a void or I look towards other markets. In other words, like the bass or walleye world, like what's hot in there? Well, would something similar to that, you know, apply to muskies and, you know, then we kind of try to go down, down that road and, uh, and, and see if we can apply anything. And, and, you know, that honestly, that's the most fun part of the whole, the whole game to me is uh, that, that new product development and coming out with new stuff and then, and, and obviously going out and, and, and being successful on it and, having your pro staff. And then, you know, I live vicariously through my pro staff and my customers, you know, they, they uh, catch fish, send me photos, tell me stories. It's the best thing ever. Very rewarding that way.
3: Yeah. I would, I would agree with what you just said there, Brad. I think the innovating part of developing a new product is a lot of fun.
2: Unfortunately,
3: I know you're in the same boat. A lot of times it gets tough to do. And the, and the reason it's tough to do is because you're busy doing those staple baits that I just talked about. So, Yep. but that whole thing <laughs> keeps my still turning right i want to try this i want to do this and, and in a lot of cases it takes years to get to that point where you're comfortable you know putting it out on the market and I, I know you're careful about that as well and i think jeff schulte said it earlier this year he said i don't want to be a spaghetti builder and i said spaghetti building goes yeah throw it at the wall and see if it sticks <laughs> you know he wants to develop it you know and i think we're in that same boat I. I definitely want it proven before it goes to the market.
2: Right. For sure. And that's, that's what I use pro staff for and, and get it out to the guys that I know will fish it and, and trust their feedback. Um, and you're right. Some lures, you hit it the first time and some, it takes a long time to get it dialed in. Um, you know, some, some baits are way more finicky than others. Um, so uh, but that's all part of the game all part of the development i almost at all times i will have three to four products in the works um you know this year obviously we're coming out with new bait and i have one two three four i have four new baits in the works Now they all won't come out at the same time obviously but they're in different stages of prototyping and i think that's the that's the important thing for not only growth, but you know, future. And, and of course, like I said, that's the fun part of it.
3: <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I don't know. I, you know, I, if people haven't seen your new product that you're going to release this year, I'd be really surprised because you've done a really good job of, of promoting it as we come into uh, the month of January and we're getting ready for the first show. Let's talk about this new product, the new quad dog.
2: Yeah. So the quad dog, uh, kind of came about um 18 20 months ago we started on that bait and my goal behind that bait was i wanted uh so you know we got the bait pounder and you know all these real big heavy baits and all this stuff and they they move a lot of water they catch a lot of fish um but i wanted a rubber bait where it would move a lot of water it would appear at least in my mind, appear to the fish as a big profile, but yet be easy to throw and be good hooking percentage. The moving of the water, that's why we got the four bulldog tails on there. It moves a ton of water as you can imagine. Um some of my pro staff guys had success fishing it at night. I know a lot of people don't fish rubber at night, but this bait just moves a ton of water. So it it you know lends itself to that. Um, it's got the compact body on it. And we put a, uh, one of our plasma points, six odd hooks on the front, which is just sharper than sharp and just a great hooking hook. Um, put that in the front. We put a smaller hook in the back so we don't have a lot of tangling. We have the pro style harness for the hop. You know, we have a, a, a belly on it. That's bigger than the bait. So we created kind of a lip around the entire bait, but from below that belly gives a bigger profile. And then the lip also helps stabilize the bait and helps it with the hop and dive. So all that being said, a lot of thought and a lot of prototyping went into, you know, getting this thing dialed into where we wanted it and to where we were happy with it. I think we went through six different harnesses, probably 10 different weights. I mean, it, there's a lot that can go into, uh, you know, making something like that in a lot of time and, and back and forth and, and a lot of money, of course. But uh, so that that's kind of the reasoning behind the quad dog, if you will. And the pro staff that had it, I don't know anyone who didn't have quite a bit of success. And probably one of the biggest things that happiest for me was it was successful on some really heavy pressured waters. So it definitely, you know, shine in a place where it's tough to catch fish. And it, I, I will, I will say it does move a lot of water. So there's some pull there when you're using it. Um, and it's just like any of our other, uh, like the bulldog and stuff, the way to fish it, pull pause, rip it as fast as you can in the summer and slow way down in the winter or fall. The, on, on an average cast runs about eight feet down eight to 10. You can add weight, obviously, to, to get it to go deeper. And we're potentially working on some other versions, like a shallow, you know, so we can work over tops of weeds and stuff. This one will not work over the tops of weeds. <laughs> it gets down there pretty good.
0: Brad Hoppy, you had a chance to throw it this fall, didn't you? Because I know I had a chance to play with it a little bit, and, and it works as advertised. I know that. But like Brad said, I mean, it. I would say it doesn't pull like a reg dog. So if you're hoping it pulls like a reg dog, that's not the case. <laughs> but I mean it doesn't pull like a pounder also in my opinion
3: yeah you can definitely tell that there's a drag factor there on the bait, right like like brad just said it's moving a ton of water and because of those that many tails on there you don't have four tails on there there is more drag but i'll, I'll tell you i mean you could shift that back to like say the cowgirl or supermodel where it is pulling harder there is definitely keys to moving water and i think brad rue hit it up right on the top right there. Um It definitely is moving that water. It's interesting that you said that too, uh, Brad, about night fishing. And that's something Chase really likes to do, is is throw a lot of rubber after dark, And that will definitely become a factor as we go into this next season. We got the bait late. Had success the very first day. What TV show that is, I'm not sure. I think it's episode 12. Um, But uh, then we, we went out after that, not filming at all. And basically used the cell phone and I think I had the net cam on, uh, on the net. So I was able to do some stuff and we did that social post with, uh, with Brad. I don't know, a couple, couple weeks ago, Brad, was it? Yeah. Yeah. About
2: mm-hmm.
3: right around Christmas,
2: and, I think.
3: Yeah. I mean, a foul cast. And, and the reason that cast was fouled in that whole deal is we had the camera in line in front of the leader. And I, I literally about hit the deck when I seen Chase make the cast, I was laughing so hard because that bait looked like it was a carousel out there just flipping and rolling and the camera's flipping and rolling and, and lo and behold he ends up catching the 950 inch fish so you know it, it's pretty bizarre but uh, it didn't do it justice because of that foul cast and if you've seen some of the other underwater footage of the quad dog you can definitely see all four of those legs or tails whatever you want to call it I mean they're kicking around really good and Hey, it's working. We caught quite a few fish on this ball late and had a blast with it. So I appreciate that as well, Brad, that you gave us the opportunity.
2: That's cool. Uh, That that footage was pretty neat. I can't believe that big fish. I think he had one of the three treble, you know, just one of the barbs on that small hook in the back. I'm like, holy crap, he caught that thing. And, you know, and I could see the front front one was wrapped around the leader, but I I understand why with trying to throw that camera. The cool thing is when you do pause that, and you'll and you'll see it. On I got some underwater footage for for the shows. Um, oh, and we posted some too, I think. But you know, when you pause that, those tails kind of float apart, and then you pull it, and they undulate together. You know, almost like I guess you would see a squid swim, if you will. But to me, it just gives it just a lot of motion. You know, it, it's just like an eye catcher to the fish and it's got to just light up their lateral line with, with all that stuff moving. they, you know, um, but, but it, like I said, it's interesting. Literally everyone I sent them to had really nice success on it. And again, some people got it really late because when we finally got the final harness, it was already like October, November. So I, I quick sent them out and yeah, everyone was sending me photos back and videos and stuff. So it was, uh, it was very good to see that all the hard work we put into that bait actually, uh, you know, is helping people catch fish and some really good ones too. So first fish I ever caught on it was uh, last fall, not this past fall, the fall before was 49 and three quarters. <laughs> I thought that was a pretty good s- starter fish.
3: That's usually a good sign, Brad. That's yeah, awesome. great. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of the one of the key things to this whole day, too. You know, having those four tails on there, I think it's probably a concern. I know it was a concern of mine that those ta- tails were going to tangle on the hook, you know, in multiple casts. And I can honestly say I didn't have it foul cast one time, as far as and the tails hooked tail. up.
2: And I got a lot of comments online. Of course, people that didn't use it said, "Oh, those are going to tangle. Those are going to tangle." And I, you know, I didn't really respond because, you know, go out and fish it and then then get back to me. But there is a key to throwing lures, especially soft plastics. But this can pertain to other lures. But I'll just talk soft plastics. But the thing you want to uh, get a habit of doing is letting the lure load the rod behind you. And I always call it just lay the bait out there. In other words, you don't want it to tumble in the air. If you can load the rod behind you and just lay it out there and let the rod do all the work, that bait's going to just lay out there nice. It won't tumble in the air and you won't get the famous dog balls. The, the time you kind of get them is if you, you know, lose concentration or you're fatigued. But it's really something uh, if you're going to throw a lot of rubber, you should teach yourself. And pretty soon, it just becomes second nature. But you can really alleviate that. And and I, I agree with you. I thought they would tangle. Uh, very very little tangling. Um, and that's one of the reasons that smaller hooks on the back too. So we didn't get you know interference with the the hook and the tail there. But yeah, no, it it uh, it worked better than I thought to be honest.
0: You know, Brad, let's dial back a little bit. You were talking about, you know, making changes to the bait. You know, you said Mm you had X amount of different harnesses and all that stuff. Like, what is it that you're looking for? How do you finally settle upon the right one? Like the one that's going to be the production model?
2: Uh, A bunch of factors. Um, One is obviously the weight and how deep you want the bait to run and how you want it to act on the fall. If you'll notice in the videos, when you, when you see them, this bait falls head first down and, and we wanted that because for whatever reason muskies seem to love that yo-yo effect on these types of lures. And they love to hit it when it's falling head down. So that's the other reason we put the big hook up front. Cause more than likely they're either gonna T-bone it or headhunt it. And that hook is really good, really good for that. So that's one factor is the weight. And then you want to make sure that uh, the shape of the lead is correct. And by that, I mean where the most of the weight is going to be in the lure. It's going to be way up front. It's going to be kind of in the middle or a little bit back. That has a factor. The way, this, um, the way it sits in the, in the bait so it doesn't pop out, another factor. You, know, you got to design stuff inside the harness so it doesn't rip out of the bait easily. You know that's an that's another factor, hook placement. So you got you know your hook hangers bent into the harness because obviously all these baits are through wire. You know the the harness goes all the way through, obviously. So where you want the hooks to hang, most of that we would build it, send it off to pro staff. They would give us feedback. We'd rebuild it, send it off to pro. So, you know, so it's a process. But the reason I use pro staff so much is these guys are on the water every day they're throwing our stuff every day so they're the ones who are going to give us the best feedback and the most honest feedback you know if it was up to me to you know go throw go to the lake throw it in. yeah i can i can see the bait swim and stuff but i'm not fishing 10 hours a day every day of the week and they are so we use them a lot get the feedback make the changes and then keep moving forward so it, it can really be a process but i think it's the in my mind it's the best way to do it and it, it the outcome is the best possible product and that's what we're striving for
0: yeah you know good things take time right i'm pretty sure i saw a you know a somewhat raw version of this a year ago at the chicago mm-hmm. show if i remember right yep yep
2: that's correct and we had had it 70 months up until then and it still wasn't quite right you know even down to the width of the tail, the thickness of the tails, you know, it's uh, how how big we're going to make the side fins. I mean, it's it's A to Z, it, you know. Just some like I said, sometimes lure comes out boom right away, and sometimes you got to really tweak it. And this was just one of those that we really had to tweak a lot. You know, a couple of our first versions, the uh, bait was done with one fish. Well, we had to make some changes to the harness, make some changes to the uh, the way the rubber was shaped in the back and stuff like that, and then. Hmm. All of a sudden, yeah, we got that. So you know, it's just one little thing after the other until you get it all dialed in. So I think we're, I think we've done our due diligence on this one. So,
0: all right. Well, let's talk a little bit about it. When are people going to finally be able to get their hands on the quad dog?
2: All right. So a couple of our key retailers, Team Rhino being one of them, <laughs> will have stock colors, and we will have. Custom colors at the first show, the Chicago Muskie show, January 19th. And so I've asked my retailers that will have them to also release them that day. So basically, you can get them online. Um, I will have some of the customs online also that I'm not taking to the show Cause I only have a trailer that's so big, <laughs> but, and of course uh, I'm at the show. Uh, we just did customs. We won't have the stock colors at the show, It's just customs. So you'll be able to get them show and online starting January
0: 19th. All right. And I know that, yep. you know, like you said, we already have some in hand right now. We are yep. not allowed to sell them until the 19th, but we will have stock colors available online that that morning. And then yep. we also have limited numbers to take to our show if by some chance we get lucky and Brad builds a few more for us we will have Yeah,
2: we're working on it.
0: <laughs> a little bit more stock than that cause I I got my initial order and I sent to Brad. I'm like uh, yeah, Brad, I think I made a mistake on this one. I should have ordered more. <laughs> and, and then, of course, we do have custom colors on on order that will eventually yep. show up at, at some point. Brad's going to probably have to catch his breath, which I'm assuming is going to take a little bit of uh, – I think you're going to be behind the eight ball most of show season.
2: Yeah, show season is always crazy, and especially when you come up with something new. It just – it can be, uh, yeah, tasking for the for the production. But we're working on it every day. Right. So let's <laughs> yep. talk
0: about the rest of the show season. Where do we see you after Chicago? Do you do Ohio or is that one off the list?
2: Nope. I will not be at Ohio this year. Um, I actually have a family conflict and I have to be at it. So we're not having a booth at, at Ohio. Um, my guys didn't really want to go that far on their own <laughs> without me. So we're, this year we are doing uh, Chicago and then Milwaukee. We will have a booth in Pennsylvania. I personally won't be there, but, um, Spencer and his crew always do that for me. So we will be in Pennsylvania and then we'll be at Minnesota and then Wausau. Okay.
0: Yep. So I'll get to see you four times. This, yeah. I'll get to see you four <laughs> times. <Yep.
2: laughs> yeah. I know you're looking forward to that. Jeff.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, we're actually not too far. You know, like like where it's uh, what is it? Monday the 8th. So we leave in roughly 10 days. Yeah, And, you know, we're actually in pretty decent shape compared to what we normally are. Like if we're waiting on a few things to come in yet so we can get better stock of it for a show. But if it wasn't for that stuff, I mean, we're about as caught up as, as we can be at this point. We're just waiting for stuff to, you know, come in and then we'll take care of it and get it packed <laughs> up. So the trailer is actually in really good shape already considering it's, you know, 10 days to go. Usually. I got- yeah. You're,
2: you're, you're lucky because I am not in that situation right now. <laughs> Yeah, we got a lot of work to do, but I'm confident we'll get it done. I, I'm pretty sure I'll be putting baits and bins the night before I leave. So.
0: <laughs> well, I got a lot of kids, Brad, if you need some people to come over and board, yeah, board, board some go. bulldogs. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, that's, the, that's the best part about it for me is as my kids get older, I do less and less of the actual show prep. I mean, I do, you know, once we start pulling stuff out of inventory to go to shows, then we start to reorder stuff. So I've been doing a lot of that, whereas my kids, have, you know, my my two daughters especially my older daughter she wa- she realized that she needs to pay you know a bunch of money to go to college so she's right. really eager to work now
2: there you go yeah so we'll get it done I'm I'm confident we'll have a we'll have a good spread at the show so everyone's asking me about swim swim baits and and uh, shell invaders cuz I haven't posted any of those colors but shell invaders are almost done they just have to be assembled and the swim baits the first color came out of the presses today and uh yeah hopefully we get them all i got seven more colors after this one Mm -hmm. to get done in 10 days thanks for the 10 day thing now i'm worried
0: yeah (laughs) sorry yeah it's okay you know so brad let's talk before we get out of here let's talk about uh production of these baits you know a lot of people think that you know your stuff or the a lot of these bigger companies are coming from overseas whereas in the reality of The muskie industry is, it seems like very little comes from overseas. So why don't you talk about, you know, where your baits are made. Talk about a little bit about, you know, what's going on there.
2: Yeah. uh, 99% of our stuff is made right here in the good old US of A. Most of it's made right here in Wisconsin, uh, just down the road from my shop. A company called Midwest Tackle. Uh, I think, trying to remember. How many years ago now? I think it's 12 or 13 years ago we started that company. Well, I didn't, but the guy you know did, because I asked him to. <laughs> um, and now they got eight employees, and they're cranking my stuff and a few other people's stuff uh, every single day. Right. Yeah, so it's all made right here. Uh, Hand-poured, hand-painted, and airbrushed. Do the whole nine yards, I think he's got... I don't know four or five painting booths and a, a big rubber room that they do all the rubber pouring in. So it's it's quite the production.
0: And the sky's the limit these days for what you guys can put on you know soft rubber baits. I mean, it's unbelievable. They look, <laughs> we, they look as good as crank baits now.
2: We definitely have taken the soft plastic to the to the next. I I never imagined what we are doing today, even ten years ago. I mean you know when i was doing all my own pouring it was the uh, the coolest thing was doing a layer you know like a, 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 a you know white belly or you know a different color tail shoot now we're <laughs> we're doing all kinds of crazy stuff with different pigments and you know changing colors and flash inside and just unbelievable yeah it's that part has also been a fun, creative part for me, but it's it does become a challenge every year to come up with new show colors, I ain't going to lie.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, we got some it...
2: really cool ones this year. I'm excited about some of them, to be honest.
0: It'll yeah. be good. A lot of it's been done, you know, like you said. It's, I mean, it's the mm-hmm. same thing with new baits, too. I mean, a lot of it's been done. It's like, where do we go from here? But yep. every year, you guys still manage to come up with something new and cool for reasons to come out and visit us at shows.
2: Right. Right. Yep, exactly. Well, that's my job. <laughs>
0: All right, so Brad, we talked about the quad dog. Is there anything else new from Muskie Innovations that shows this year?
2: Yeah, so we did. A, we're doing a series of rods that's going to available only at shows and limited online uh, because of shipping. So these are all nine foot rods, three series. So we're doing the um, the extra heavy, the extra extra heavy, and then the triple extra heavy. Those are our three most popular rods. They are built to throw rubber, and people might say, well, what's different? <clears throat> They're a much faster action. Reason being is they load up very well to throw the rubber, and they also load up very well to set the hook. When you're using rubber, as you know, the muskies sink their teeth into it. You kind of got to move that bait in their mouth, so you really want a rod that has a fast tip, so not the tip doesn't bend as easy as perhaps a bucktail rod or a twitch bait rod would. These three are, like I said, are our best rods. And we kind of made these bulletproof. These are one piece, so they don't telescope. They got the stainless steel guide, so nothing can pop out. And they got our blank that is like, I'm not going to say it doesn't break, but it's very, very good. And it's it's practically bulletproof. And I, I believe, Jeff, you're going to probably get some of those also. You had said maybe a couple other places, but, but they are a little bit more difficult to ship because of shippers. So we will be able to ship them in the Midwest, but um, our main goal is to sell those at shows, and we'll be running some specials on them. They also have cork handles, not the blue handles. We had some people just said we'd love cork because that's what we used to put on, so we just went with cork on these.
0: Yeah, that'll be good. That'll be a good addition. I mean, the other rods are really nice too, but I'm looking forward to these as well. Like you said, I'll I'll have them on the list on the website. We kind of talked about this earlier, but yep. yeah, shipping is definitely going to be an issue for them. They're going to be uh, if you're not if you're not in the speedy zone, it's going to be a difficult right. thing to ship to you.
2: That that's the only bad thing, but um, that's why we did them for a show thing, and so people can pick them up right at the show as you save shipping, and you're going to get a really really nice rod for a really good price. So.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> All right. Well, Brad, I know that you're, uh, you know, busy. Building baits and getting things ready for show season. We'll see you on the road here in about 10 days or 11 days for you, probably, whatever. I usually travel one day sooner than you. I travel on Wednesdays. I think you normally come in on Thursdays. Yeah, we'll come in on Thursday, yep. So I want to thank you for taking time out of your schedule. I know you're busy right now to, uh, you know, talk about what you got going on with Muskie Innovations. It's always great to talk about new products, and that's kind of what we're here doing this, this time of year. We're not necessarily talking about tips and tactics to help you catch more muskies, so we want to thank you for that. And then... I also want to thank our listeners for tuning back into us on, on backlash podcast. And we'll be one more in studio episode next week before the show. And then our following week, we're going to have our live at the show. So if you, uh, you know, want come out and check us out at the show. It'll be Sun uh, Friday night. We'll, uh, after, I don't know, five, six o'clock, whatever it'll be. At. We'll have to figure that out. Exactly. We'll be uh, doing a live podcast right at the show. So check us out. I want to thank everybody for listening. We'll see everybody again with a new episode next week.